0: Yeah, it's turned on. I'm on here. i got a little red light. Here we are. Here we are. Hello, I'm Ross. Woo! I'm, a, I'm an elder here. I'm what I call a shadow elder. I kind of to stay in the shadows a bit. If I didn't say something, you'd never know I was there. Um, good morning, everyone. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. I just wanted to, I wanted to just sob, you know, beautiful tears um, all morning. A week, in fact, actually. Um, It's been a beautiful thing um, to travel with God closely across this week and uh, sit in this that I have for us. Yeah. Um, I want to, this morning, I want to start off by um, diving into what I call the more of you trap. Walk with me here on this one. Um, then, to use some insights from that to hopefully gain a bit of a fresh understanding of some of the pitfalls that are right there in that. It seems like a beautiful sentence. And to take that as a way of beholding a more secure way of walking with the lover of our souls. And then, as a byproduct of that, I'm hoping we can see how it's possible to have a long, term ease, ease of walking at the core of our relationship with Jesus, yeah? So first of all, the more of you trap. uh, It's actually the part of this message I could have called Try Harder, Feel Worse. (laughs) It sounds familiar, doesn't it? Um, You know, we go, it's it's all around us. Um, you do hear it more in certain Christian circles, but we have our share of it here too. And there's a version of it that happens in our workplace, especially within corporate culture. For those of you that have been there, no stranger to that. And it seems to be a call from our leaders, from our pulpits, from those in charge of us. That isn't always easy to ignore. In fact, it often seems so right. So spot on. You can hear the heart sort of sag into it, uh, like, yep, yeah, I am a bit of a spiritual slob. I've barely thought about this lately, you know. Um, Yep, for sure. I could definitely try harder. Um, And off we walk straight into a trap yeah? and it's often found in seemingly beautiful phrases like just press into Jesus you know and give him your all and surrender all and go deeper and I don't know what's happened there
1: Excuse us as we undress, Ross. Please, please, turn your eyes away. <laughs> wasn't I was this cool, here
0: we are. So it's, it's often found in phrases um, like just press into him. A little, a little bit like we were kind of just doing now. We were chasing God, but there is a little trap there. It's there in that surrender all, and then it is there in go deeper. yeah and Of course, it's not designed to be a trap. Those who are encouraging us to do that um, are not trying to trap us, but a trap it so easily is. Because I think it's just a bit of a common battle cry and even a bit of common advice that happens to sit uncomfortably close to the heart of the matter. And so what I'm hoping is that you'll be able to see that while this press into God, more of you, get him, is part of our answer, yeah, it still contains a consistent and distinct point of failure if we don't remember some of the other wonderful truths about the setup that Jesus left his disciples and the early church yeah if we forget that thing so where is the trap in more of you Jesus yeah walk with me here yeah So there are a few things that can mess you up as badly as trying to do your best. Um, For the tender heart, hear me here, for the tender heart and for the earnest heart, and this place is full of them, it can be the most discouraging thing to give all you have. Trying to do what you think and I pause intentionally upon the word think, Jesus would have you do, only to find it yourself or the situation around you failing, falling short again and again and again. And eventually you can start to believe that your even your own heart is the enemy of your efforts. And yet this is what too many Christians, if they're honest, would experience as their Christian life. Try harder feel worse yeah and it's a lot more prevalent uh, than you would think and I think it seems to sit also at the core of our apathy yeah whether it was out of pure and innocent love or the gleeful riding of a wave of revelation or enthusiasm or a sense of community after a conference or a camp or a guest speaker, or even a moment with God himself, we've all had a proper go, given our everything, at various times in our walk with Jesus, only to find our efforts or our dreams, our plans, our hopes, our outreaches, crumbling in our wake, yeah? sabotaged by petty rules, by absurd squabbles by relationship breakdown betrayal of friends being misunderstood or misinterpreted or by the almost inevitable draining away of the passion that we thought was world-breaking that we thought was indestructible in the beautiful little band of hopefuls that were gathered around the warmth of the same revelation and hope that we had brought so dearly into the folds of our heart. Sound familiar? It's something... I I just want to stand here very, very gently. Um, I think we've all been there at times. And um, I want to hold this moment really, really tenderly because to have been there is not a point of shame. Typically, there are two things, and these are kind of the head of the list for me. I see many other things. But typically, there are two main things that we tend to do in our trying harder and feeling worse. Um, two main things that are kind of the beginning of it all. And the first one seems so legit, and that is to we imitate Christ. It's right there in 1 Corinthians 11. Verse 1, you know, Paul is saying, be imitators of me as I imitate Christ. It's right there. There it is. Copy Christ. Imitate him. But uh, more than anything, at its heart, what is a copy? It's not the real thing. It's not the original. It's a fake. Yeah? Yeah? Yes, to imitate and to copy is a good place to start, you know, in art and music, study the masters, study the classics. Um, Yes, when you don't know what else to do, sure, imitate and copy, but inevitably it is spiritual milk, yeah, that falls way short of what God has for us and it does so quickly. More on that later yeah the other thing that we do, and one of these main things we do is we maintain personal righteousness and what i what i what I mean is when our attention gets dragged away from solely loving jesus yeah um because this seems noble and right. Jesus told us to obey and to keep his commands, but this can be a trap because many Christians interpret this then as try harder, another version of this. Try harder, do your best. Um, and I, I personally find myself slipping into this, if I must confess, um, all too regularly, and a handful of symptoms tip me off. Um... First of all, it's just quite simply exhausting. It's really exhausting to just be right and to try and be right and do my best all the time. It is exhausting. I find myself wrung out when I am in that mode. I find myself plagued and pushed around by unnameable internal distresses. You know, my insides all twisted up for reasons I can't even understand. Yes, we have an enemy. He's there. He'll push that for sure. Um, I'm not discounting or ignoring that. But then, then comes the discouragement of you are blowing it. Here we go again. You know, you are not pulling this off. And then there becomes, amongst other things, an irritation, particularly with needy people. Yeah. These symptoms and a host of others are the collateral damage for me of trying to do my best. They let me know that I've fallen back into thinking that to love Jesus is to give my very best in living for him. And this is a tricky business. Because on one hand, this is true. You know? To love him is to obey but here's the kicker here's the fulcrum point fulcrum point of my message out of what resources are you doing that out of what fountain of inner strength yeah yeah where are you drawing from to obey him and love him yeah And I find myself saying, but doesn't my strength come out of my faithfulness? Doesn't it come out of my integrity? Doesn't it come out of my willingness to sacrifice and to serve or out of my ability to fight well and see others? And, of course, what we do does matter. I'm not saying that that doesn't matter. Um, And, of course, our choices and our actions matter. They really, really do. But didn't Jesus warn us? And these words take me apart every time I read them John 15:5 apart from me you can do nothing nothing And that one sentence should come as an incredible relief because the good news is this, that you were never meant to merely imitate Christ. Not if by that you mean doing your best to copy him, to imitate him than the way he lived. And yet something inside of all of us goes, well, I'm sorry, Roscoe. That has very much been my experience without understanding that it was never meant to be, do your best. Yeah? Some other beautiful words of Jesus. For my yoke is easy. Easy. Beautiful Chris over here is acting out easy. Yeah. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. It weighs almost nothing. My yoke is easy. And you kind of go, what's with these words? Is this some sort of cruel joke? You know, um, how on earth can you define this walk over this Many years, through all those sorrows and all those difficulties and all those challenges, how can you even come close to defining that as easy? It can't be, I have to show you that I love you. I have to prove this. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what are we missing? What are we missing that our walk isn't like that? I'm going to read a couple of verses from Colossians. Don't don't look them up. Just listen. It's Paul writing to the people of, I guess they're Colossia, Colos, I don't know, Colossians. Um, so he says to them, I have become its servant when he says it's he means the servant of the gospel yeah of the kingdom i have become its servant by the commission god gave me god gave it to him come on paul it's yours this is what i want you to do to present to you the word of god in all its fullness the word of god in all its fullness and there's a comma there and he just goes on the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages, for eons, for generations, but is now disclosed, revealed, visible to the Lord's people. Full stop. New verse, all right? To them, God has chosen to make known amongst the Gentiles, everybody else, the glorious riches of this mystery. Which mystery? The mystery that's been held hidden for eons, for ages. And on that we pause and we, what is this? What is this beautiful and great mystery? And then a simple sentence, which is Christ in you. Christ inside you. The great mystery that has been held for ages and hidden from generations. And you go, this is the fullness of the word of God. <laughs> this is the secret? Is it? How can it be that simple? How can it be that simple? Why, why is this such a big deal? You know? tell you why let's go back to copying or imitating essentially it is a lie it is a fake it's not the real deal it's not the real thing so what we do as humans is we look to the left and we look to the right we look around us um, and what we mostly do is what everyone else around us is doing there are some rare and beautiful individuals who couldn't do that if they tried But most of us are just doing what the people around us are doing. You know, commerce, economics, fashion, that all depends on that because we do do that en masse. There's a reason we are called sheep. So if I'm just imitating the people around me, what is happening here? Basically, I'm just copying their answers. And they're kind of copying mine. You know, all I'm doing is singing songs that somebody else wrote. All I'll ever be is the cover band or the tribute show. Yeah? Um. How many people are in the Trinity? Three Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Before all time, before the world began, they were, them and all the angels, they saw the war in heaven. And before the angels were created and before all that warring and all their story there, there was another story earlier than that of just the three of them. Three. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Beautiful, right? Back to the early church. Jesus has died, he's risen, he's walking among them for 40 days and what are his parting words? One of the the key things that he says to them is don't do anything until the Holy Spirit arrives. Don't do a thing. Stay here. I'm just going to rattle through some verses. Don't try and find them. Acts 1, 4-5. And while they were gathered together, he commanded them. This was not travel advice. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift, the Father promised, which you have heard me discuss. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you are going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Luke 24. And behold... I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but remain in the city. Stay where you are. Don't move out until you have been clothed with power from on high. John 7, he was speaking about the Spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive for the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Yeah? Yeah? And John 14, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another, an advocate, to be with you forever in you. John 14, later in the chapter, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I've said. Sweet, sweet words, beautiful words assurance and John 15 when the advocate comes whom I will send to you from the father the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father he will testify about me he will show you all things yeah he's also called the comforter the teacher we know him as the counselor which is a word I want to kind of hammer in. Focus in on it and, and, and kind of this is this right here. This is where I want to drill down. Um, and I'm, it, excuse me, I'm going to just stick really closely to my notes here because this, I don't want to put a word wrong. Because this thing of God in us, this is the game changer. This is what nobody else has, no one else has this. Yeah, because if you are just copying. Everyone or imitating everyone around you, their answers may not be your answers,. Yeah? Um, God has delighted to make us all stupendously different, and within that wild kaleidoscope of change and diversity and time and place and culture and season. He may want you to do one thing and the person right beside you to do something vastly different. Yeah? Vastly different. Because he knows how you tick in your inmost places like nobody else does. And this is revolutionary. Because if you don't just copy the crowd or the person beside you or the person up the front you might just stumble across the most radical answer to what you get to do with your life. Or the most radical answer to this situation of impossibility right in front of you. What we model and what we do in front of each other is important. Myself and three mates years ago ran men's retreats and the content of those retreats often focused on the life of William Wallace, a worthy and beautiful life. You know, and for men to understand a warrior, poet, a, a, a man after God's heart, but also a dangerous man, you know, in his own way, fighting for justice and everything. And through each one of the sessions of those retreats, every time we finished a session, we would send them out get out of the building, go out into the nature, go out into God's creation, go and be in his cathedral, his building, and ask him what he wants to say about you, what you've just heard and what you've sat in, yeah? And people would go out and there's one session where we would, where we would talk about your, your parents have named you this name. What would God name you? If God... We had the choice to name you. What would God name you? And people, we'd send them out with that. And it was a a position of privilege, and I don't mean to give anything away because that is long in the past, but it's amazing the amount of times the guys came back in saying, God wants me to be, calls me William Wallace. This power of suggestion, yeah? We're kind of imitating those that are in front of us and those that are leading Because there are many times in your life when you are going to arrive at an intersection and you are going to look to the left, way out there, and you're going to look to the right and behind you and far out in front of you and nobody else will be visible. And you are going to suddenly realise that you're in a totally unique situation that nobody around you has seen before or been in or even thought possible. Uh, And then what? What do we do? What do you do? What do we do when we're in that place? We tend to then cast around for similar situations, find other people's, what did you do there, you know? And we talk to seniors and wise ones and counsellors and often what we essentially settle on is a good idea or the right thing to do or it was the best option. What if we asked Holy Spirit? What if we talked with Holy Spirit? This is what I want to encourage. What if you were comfortable Asking him, what if it was your habit, you know, getting heaven's answer, getting heaven's suggestion, getting father's input. Now that is beautiful. It takes so much pressure off to know what he thinks. And it's something he is pushing me, pushing me, and pushing me further and further into. When crisis happens, when my heart unravels, when I just torpedo dive down, it's like come straight to me or get next to somebody else who can help you get straight to me. Ask this question of me as soon as you can. What do you have here? What? how do I get through Holy Spirit? How do I do? I don't know what to do here. I don't know what to do. The unique set of circumstances are like none other. Yes, there is nothing in one man's story that is is not also in every man's story, but they all have these subtle differences, and we're all at different places. Um, Ultimately, I want to say, isn't this what Holy Spirit is for? Christ is in there, in here, in here. You know, I have a mate who recently bought a brand new motorbike. I'm like, oh, wow, and I'm looking at it like, so you've got cruise control on that. And he's like, nah, nah, it's in there and the button's there, but I have to pay this amount of money. It was like eight or $900 to get it activated, you know. Holy Spirit's like that. Not that you've got to pay the $900, right? But it's all in there, and it's more and more like that in brand-new vehicles too. Everything's in there. It's just they switch it off to match the standard standard model and a bit more on for the middle model, right? And I think in a lot of people, Holy Spirit is just going, beep, Just pinging off the tower, it's like, you know, from satellite, you get to, well, it's still there, it's, it's still active, the system seems to be, we can get to it, it's just not turned on, it's not being used. Yeah, it's like that. It's beautiful. Where am I? I'm lost. There's much to be said. <laughs> um, so Jesus... <laughs> no, I've long left my notes behind. <laughs> Jesus words to us are wait for him wait in the city it's sort of like don't do don't make a move you know this is this is the ultimate waiting on god i've gone holy spirit hasn't come yet don't do a thing wait because he's the key He's the whole new deal. Because if Jesus, I've said this before, if Jesus was still alive now, if he lived forever here, we would would just be there pilgrimaging and worshipping him and making sacred that place. And we'd all have to go somewhere to find him. What an impossible setup. What an absurd thing. He knew a lot better. Put me in everybody. And that's what we call people to do when we save them Yes, let's switch this on. You know, and that's what we sense when we come alive. His Holy Spirit is active and whirring and working. Yeah? Um, wait for him whom the Father will send and he will teach you all things and he will remind you of everything that I've said. Even if you haven't necessarily even read it in the Bible, he can still bring it. You know, when we were missionaries, we saw people come to faith in the middle of pagan villages. Christ just turned up to, boom, hadn't even heard of him. Yeah, Um, there is a lot to be said, and there's another thousand messages about how we make room for Holy Spirit. But mostly, it it, is—it's a simple matter of clutter. How much spare space is there in that room? Can you even get in, or is it just oh my God? It all falls out: clutter, business, busyness, stress, worries, the things of our everyday. Um, To be able to hear Him is a beautiful, lifelong voyage of discovery, right here, right here. But make room, please, please make room. So we are going to invite Holy Spirit into a very particular place in our lives i 'm going to ask everyone to stand i don 't know why we do that, maybe it 's because we 've been sitting long enough <laughs> stand stand with me, yeah and um, just put your hands out. This is the most beautiful posture of receiving. Put your hands out to him, okay and just just go with me on this in your heart, Holy Spirit. We, your children, your beloved here right now, we invite you into the moments of real heat, the moments of real anguish, the moments in our life of real pain and turmoil, into the moments of genuine confusion, of blindness and despair, and into those times when we are at the end of ourselves when we are in free fall. And we want to invite you to speak and to teach us that these are the precious moments. These are the precious moments when we might actually discover real gold. Holy Spirit, we invite you to train us towards a reflex action that spins on its heel away from what is right in front of us and instead invites your counsel, your face, your loveliness so that we are not just trying harder and feeling worse. Amen? For my yoke is easy, so easy, and my burden is light. So Jesus said, I am the vine, and you are branches. Anything else is madness. Amen? Cool. I'm leaving it there.
1: Mm. we're good sit there doesn't actually mean sit down <laughs> sit means rest posture yeah 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 yeah. absolutely Wow. Well, if God if the queen walked in what would you do straight away or the king what would you do seriously you would stand up is the king of kings here no, seriously, I'm, I'm being totally serious. You, you're thinking I'm joking, right? I'm being serious. What do you do in the presence of God? You stand. You stand. You stand. Come on, stand. Some of you are thinking, you can't manipulate me that way. But the king is here. I'm not. I'm just being honest. We get what we give. We, we receive what we, what, what we sow, yeah? Then we'll get back. Sometimes in the presence of God, just stand. It won't hurt us. I know. My, my apologies to those that, are, that might have ailments in their knees or might be slightly older. Of course you can sit, but it's just... I'm just going to challenge you in that, okay? Um, anyway, Ross's word, Ross's word, Ross's word. I grabbed the mic, not to add, and I'm really trying not to add. I hate it when my pastor did this, and I'm not adding. I'm not adding. I really... I, I just want to... Exp- I want to show what God has done and what God is doing in, it, in your heart, in my heart right now. Ross said that it's all about him, he in us, that the trap is that we try harder sometimes, yeah? It's striving is the word that we use. What was that song that we sang? I will climb this mountain with what? A posture of worship, a posture of trust, a posture of, my hands are off this thing. I'm giving you control. He said that he knows us. He knows the intricate things. That if we were simply to copy everyone else, the answer we get might not suit us because he has something purposeful, especially for us. Yeah? What was the other line that we sang? He loves me just as I am. Because then Ross said this, he knows how I tick. (laughs) God has ordained this moment right now for each and every one of us. He has actually hand-chosen each and every one of us to be here. Those that aren't here, God, God just picks things. You're here by his plan and by his design. Yeah. so I'm going to get Sal to share but no, then just put your hands out let's just do that and rest in Ross's prayer for a minute because everything is already in us it is so hard in this world around us not to have a McDonald's mentality, I want it now and to make things happen and to do things But sometimes we just have to rest with Him and focus with Him. And with our hands wide open, all of a sudden, everything that we've struggled with seems okay. It's still hard, it's still tough, we still grieve, we still mourn. But now it's okay. We've got His answer. And praise God, some of you don't need to be like me or Ross, which is a sigh of relief from the women because they don't want a beard or a a moustache. And nor do some people want to be overweight. That's more about me, Ross, than you. (laughs) Just have to be us with him. I want you just, with your eyes closed, with your mind's eye, ask Father... I want you to ask Father this simple question. What does it look like? What's your favourite position with me? What's your favourite posture with me? What do you see? It's not working, I'll tell you that. Is it nature? Is it kneeling? Is it laying prostrate? That picture is yours. It's not mine. Father, I thank you for the truth in Ross's word, God. I thank you. Do you know there are no words right now because Chris said it beautifully. This is holy ground. That was such a beautiful prophetic picture that we are on Mount Zion. Surrounded by innumerable angels. <laughs> your love, your love, your love never fails. Lord, you are the apple of our eye, the focus of our arrow, you're the point to which we turn. Lord, you are the north of our compass. God, you truly are the bright and the morning star that we set our telescopes to. You are the one. Help us to trust you more. Help us to walk towards you more. And Lord God, when we are working, Father, when we are striving, when we're doing things and that sense of failure comes upon us, Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. Minister to us and as our teacher, our comforter, our guide, steer us.